Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSEs. At Tab, he comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. It's nationwide for the 800 number, and so feel free to call us if you're listening uh, anywhere. Uh, we have people listening on the podcast and the stream from all over the country, so feel free to get online. Uh, usually the first hour is easier than the second, um, so feel free to do that, and we'll do our best to help you out. Speaking of helping you out, there's all sorts of things going on in the old technology news. And uh, one of the things that I found kind of interesting that is pretty surprising, um, Apple had a huge source code leak. Uh, basically, it's uh, a source code leak that has to do with iOS 9. The source code to deal with – it's an iOS bootloader having to do with their uh, devices that are iOS 9 and older. And uh, it gave the it gives the ability possibly for hackers to – deal with jailbreaking and finding vulnerabilities in Apple's mobile OS. And Apple, you know, when it was found out that it was released, uh, had to confirm to GitHub that it was real, that the source code was real, and uh, was then able to force them to take it down. Now, once it's out there in the wild, though, it's out there. And um, this is kind of an interesting thing, right? Because Apple tells you how secure they are and how good they are at computing. And somehow the source code for their Apple devices, iOS 9 and under, is out there. Now, the cynic in me would say, they just want you to get rid of your iOS 9 device because now, technically, it's not as safe. <laughs> kind of like a battery issue. Uh, Apple says, though, it's not you can't do anything with the source code. Uh, but obviously, the bad guys out there will take a look at that source code and see what they can do to get around how Apple programs things. But Apple says, just because you have a source code doesn't mean you have the ability to hack them. We'll see what happens with this. But it is... I think very interesting, and uh, we'll put a uh, link up there for you to read it. But uh, it's a it's a big, a big thing to have your source code released. released. You're kind of naked out there now, and uh, for a company like Apple to be so proud of their security, part of me thinks they did it to themselves on purpose so that you would change out your iOS device that's nine and older. <laughs> um, on the same lines, the whole the whole battery thing they pulled on on you guys. So I don't know. We'll see what happens there. I'll put the link up there for you. But it was a bit of a surprise. What do you got, Bob? Uh, well, I got a couple of good ones that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Intel has these new smart peepers. Yeah. They look smart, too. They're like uh, Google Glass without the ugly stuff on top of it. Well, yeah, they don't have a camera. Nope. And they don't have a microphone. Nope. Okay. Which is good. Well, but what they do is they'll pair with your smartphone mm-hmm. and give you the ability. It actually kind of neat. So... You can get them with plain lenses that don't do anything, or you can get them with prescription lenses. Mm -hmm. But it projects an image of what you want, supposedly, 
depending on the app that you pair with it, because mm. these are still in development. So right. you can't buy one. Not yet. So, uh, But the point is, it projects the image using a special kind of laser. A low-end, a low-level red laser. Low-level so red laser. Completely safe. On the... On to the uh, directly onto your retina in your eye. Right. What could go wrong? So <laughs> you're not looking at the reflection. It's not like a heads-up display. You actually see it with your own eyes. And it's always there. And so they talked about the fact that you know your peripheral vision and what, how, however your vision works, even though they're projecting that laser in your eye constantly, um, it doesn't seem to bother the wearer, which is interesting. Whereas a, a screen in front of you uh, would obviously get in your way. So you could be distracted but basically you can move your eyes down to the area where the laser is supposed to be hitting your retina see what it's supposed to show you and then look up again and it would be out of your eyesight and not bother you according yeah. to the folks at yeah. intel yeah it's interesting we'll I mean, see it's a- i'd like to see a little more development it uh, looks promising to me yeah. i kind of like this type of technology i like the google glass as well mm-hmm. you know privacy concerns aside the fact that you can use it for uh you know, interactive, uh, like coaching. If you're at some place and, you know, you want a second set of eyes, mm-hmm. you know, somebody could go into an app. It's kind of, well, you would need the camera to do that. But the point is they could project images on there or you could have a map coming up yeah. that's giving you directions. You'd have an operator like you'd find in almost every spy movie. Somebody sitting in the white van projecting information up on your glass for you. That's <laughs> what you're saying. And I think basically with um, Intel, they're going to add glasses and microphones. I know, I know they say they're not... But there's probably going to be versions of it that allow you to because you can buy glasses now that have a camera right between your eyes. Yeah, but those are only available to the NSA. No, no, no. They're available <laughs> right now. They're available right now. We'll put a link up there for you guys to take a look at this. Um, so it's it's Olympic time, so we want to make sure we do some Olympic news, and we got some tunes for that. Right, right, Matt? We want to get in on this. So... The Norwegians had an issue, and they used Google Translate, and they asked for some eggs using Google Translate. <laughs> they wanted to scramble some eggs, and the Koreans dutifully brought the eggs to them, but instead of getting the 1,500 eggs they wanted, they sent them 15,000 eggs. A little bit of a problem translating Norwegian to Korean using Google Translate. Um, so we figured we'd have some nice Olympic news for you during the Olympics, and uh, it's technology-related. Well, so. when you make an omelet, you got to crack a few <laughs> You <eggs>. do. <laughs> the Koreans were nice enough to take away the eggs they didn't need, but uh, that's a lot of eggs. That's a lot of <laughs> eggs, and they had them on hand. Oh, come on. It's the Olympics. Oh, man. No, it's spare no expense. So yeah. thanks, Matt, for that background music. Uh, what else you got there in technology news, Bob? Well, there are... One of Korea's uh, neighbors, China, yes. their police get face-recognizing glasses ahead of the new year. Oh, interesting. And they've already caught seven dangerous criminals through facial facial recognition. So instead of just having the cameras do it fixed fixed on the walls, they're not having their, their police officers will look at you and say, oh, wait a minute. Well, yeah, the police officers can see you, and it'll tell yeah. them right away whether or not you're a wanted criminal. Okay. Okay. And... Um, uh, they had a deal. They had to demonstrate the power of their surveillance system, mm-hmm. which they have uh, around three and a half million. Cam- uh, oh, the three and a half million ca- cameras in this uh, in this town. Mm. That's um, what three and a half million cameras yeah. in the one town? Okay, um, that's a lot of cameras. Well, I'm, t- I'm, I'm trying to get this. China's 
CCTV, which is Closed Caption TV Surveillance Network, yeah. which by 2020 will be made up of over 600 million oh my gosh. AI, which is artificial intelligence-powered CCTV cameras, oh is currently Lord. able to track citizens, identify what car they drive, and even who their friends are, Yikes. a December BBC report showed. Mm-hmm. To demonstrate the power of surveillance system, Chinese officials sent a BBC journalist to Guiyang, an mm-hmm. area with a population of three and a half million, oh, to see to okay. see how long he could remain out of sight. Mm-hmm. It ju- it took just seven minutes before he was in police custody. Wow, it's frightening. So it's not three million cameras in that one town. There's three no, million people. Three and a half million town. people. And then yeah. that was the town that they sent this uh, Jeez. journalist to. And he could he, could, okay. he was caught in seven minutes. Seven minutes. <clears throat> so that's very Aurelian, isn't it? Oh, man, that makes the Orwell seem tame. <laughs> Yikes. Wow. So facial recognition is going to be powerful. Obviously, we're going to have it here, too. They got um, a nice picture of a Chinese policeman wearing the sunglasses that does it. Yeah. yeah just later, All I have to do is look around. In other news, uh, speaking of China, the U.S. Senate is, mull- is mulling uh, giving Huawei and ZTE the Kaspersky treatment. So you guys have heard the fact that finally our, our government has decided that it's probably not the best idea to use Russian antivirus on their American computers within the government. They're now deciding whether or not they should ban Chinese smartphones. Um, and again, the word to me is, duh. <laughs> of course you should do that. Um, you're welcome to sell your, your phones to the American people, but... Again, when you're, if you're working for the government, you probably shouldn't have a Chinese device right there. Well, Hawaii. Where, where are you going to get a device that's not made in China today? Well, this one is. I mean, <laughs> Hawaii is effectively an arm of the Chinese government and is more than capable of stealing information from U.S. officials by hacking its devices. This is according to some of the um, legislators who are looking to ban these kind of things. So, come on, guys. Again, we have no problem, you know, with open and free trade. But if you're working within the government, why would you want a device that is manufactured directly by the Chinese government? It just is silly. You should see what it takes for us to be Cisco partners. You should see the the form we have to fill out, you know, saying we won't ship anything to Iran and all these uh, other uh, countries. Um, yet our government will use Chinese phones. Again, we're not at war with them, but technically they're, you know, they're a communist country that is you know, sort of friendly with us, I guess. I don't know. It depends well, on depends. your point of view. Yeah, but the point is, uh, I, this makes sense to me. Uh, obviously, you shouldn't you shouldn't be using technology to, that's been actually developed directly by the government, and 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 China themselves should do the same thing. Why would they want a bunch of Apple iPhones running around out there within their in their own government pockets? They would be using the Huawei phones or the ZTE phones. So this seems like you know no brainer to me as far as uh, how our governments should be using their technology. And uh, yes, most of the stuff that we do have here in, in America is made in China. That's a whole other issue. Um, I mean, I don't. I doubt Hawaii developed their own smartphone technology. They probably quote unquote borrowed it from some American company that was working over there. But it seems like a no brainer to me that we shouldn't be using. I that don't technology. think that they would borrow it. I think that <laughs> when an American company goes over there and gives them the technology to build. You know, what they design. I think they see that as a gift. (laughs) Exactly. It's just simply reversed. It's not stolen. It was given freely. Thank you for showing us how it it works. So we'll put that out there for you, and you can take a look at that. One quick other thing. Um, So we talked about municipal broadband and some of the successes that are out there. And uh, there's a news story out here that I found on my favorite website, my favorite British IT website. 
uh, talking about um, basically there was a quote unquote mystery website that was attacking city run broadband. And uh, basically, it turns out that a company called Fidelity wanted to tell the other side of the story, and they were astroturfing um, folks out there in uh, the Midwest who wanted to put out this uh, municipal broadband. Of course, the website was called Stop City Funded Internet, but they figured out that it was actually sponsored, and the website itself was put up by the incumbent internet provider called Fidelity Communications. Um, so no surprise there. And of course, you know, that kind of stuff is going to happen in any, any, any area as far as different companies going after each other, as far as trying to put out disinformation. Um, so I'll put this out here for you, but again, the incumbent broadband companies are nervous about municipally run internet. I am too. I mean, uh, you know, it has, it has its successes as long as the taxpayer is not on the hook for it and you can do a public private partnership where the taxpayer is not on the hook, I'm for it. Um, We need more competitors out there. Uh, If the taxpayer is on the hook for it, however, I don't know that I want my municipal government running an internet company because they have a hard enough time figuring out how to to, give out licenses or give out this or that. Count how many voters you got. They have trouble just doing that basic stuff. I'm not sure I want them dealing with something as highly technical as running an internet company. But if the if the uh, taxpayers are not on the hook, I'm all for it, and more competitors are good, and these incumbent broadband companies need to have more competition. So we'll put some information out here for you on that. We're going to get to your calls in a minute. So uh, Camille and John, hang on. Two lines open for you, 1-800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC are the numbers. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk. We have one line open for you. Feel free to get online, but let's get to your calls. You're nice enough to join us on this Saturday morning. We're going to go to Camille in Wethersfield next. Hey, Camille. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Two weeks ago, when Cox began requiring changes to our IMAP email mm-hmm. because of SSL encryption, Okay. well, I did the settings they told me to put in, and now I can only send emails to Cox users. I do receive from anyone. All right. Well, I have Cox, and we have IMAP, and I don't have that problem. So I suspect your settings are not quite correct. Um, that's all I can think of here is that there's something not quite perfect as far as your, your account settings. Um, are you following it right from Cox's site as far as what they recommend you do as far as the ports and such? Yes. And have you contacted Cox as to why you're having this issue? Yeah, but they don't seem to be able to be of very much assistance for me. And I have had a checky for two hours, and they couldn't figure it out either. You're kidding. No. I'm oh, very boy. <laughs> so we'll fix it for you. Okay. Oh, I know. You guys will fix everything. All right. So it's, it's hard for us to fix this for you because yeah. your email is housed and managed by Cox. Right. Um, now, when I you send... Outlook. You have Outlook? Yeah. On your phone or on your computer? On my computer. It's a desktop. And my girlfriend has the same thing, and she's not having any trouble. Right. That's weird. Um... I'm trying to think. What do you think, Bob? I mean, they, she can send it anybody well, I think but a it's an authentication issue where they'll accept the email from anybody that's on their network. Yeah. But if you want to send it outside, it has to be authenticated. So I would look at your logon and password. So okay. that well. would be where I would start. Where, where did they? What do they think the problem was to help us with a clue? Because this is too difficult for us to figure out why their mail system is doing this to you. Oh, they really couldn't specify. I I just don't have a clue either. I'm 
It's just mm. getting crazy. Um, it does work from the web. Right, so browser-based email, it works. So then it gets back then to your configuration again yes, on your Outlook. What version of Outlook do you have? I have an old version. I have 2010. That's not that old. Okay. <laughs> um, that's not that old. So that's fairly fairly current. So have you tried blowing away your email settings completely on your Outlook and starting fresh with the email settings? Yeah, the tech that I had yesterday tried that. Of course. All right, good tech, good tech. Uh, it's, it really should just be a matter of putting that information in, and the email system should allow you to go. Do you know what port settings that they're having you use? Uh, is it? Oh, I have no idea. Okay, well, we're going to post those on Computer Talk with Tab, the, okay. the IMAP settings that you want to match. Okay, great. Um, I worked the IMAP fine from May all the way till two weeks ago, so I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, I use right. IMAP as well. I mean, it works fine. Okay. Um, except for the fact that every now and again it keeps asking my my wife to oh, put her password back in. Yeah, I know. That's, that I can handle. Yeah, but it's annoying too. I know. Um, but, but So when you send the email out to somebody who's not a Cox subscriber, what kind of error do you get? I don't get anything. Uh, it goes in my sent items folder and it sits there. Oh, wait a minute. It never leaves? Never leaves. Ah. So I do agree with Bob that it's some sort of password or credentialing issue on when you're, when you're configured your outbound email. You may, you may have a password issue, uh, but you're not getting any kind of warning, are you? Not really, no. But it's not leaving your mailbox. But it is leaving for anybody who's running Cox. That's correct. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I know. Yeah, uh, I've got uh, the Cox uh, settings here yeah. on the website. We can put a link to it. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do that. Uh, it tells you what port to use if you're using TLS okay. or a different port if it's SSL. Okay. And... Um, my uh, my guess is is that you are, uh, it's your username and password is what the was what the issue is. Should mm. I do the profile again? Yeah, well, I'm, change your username and password. Can you work with them on changing that? You can go on to Cox's oh, sure. site. Okay. Now, of course, when you change that password, your HBO Go is not going to work. Any anything you're using for streaming, if you are, will have to be changed as well. Okay. Are you are you doing any streaming with them? Uh, no, I don't believe I am. Okay, good. Um, it's got to be something like that. It's got to be, it's got to be a, an account issue, and I can't believe they didn't weren't able to correct it being on the phone with you. Well, I'm, I'm not surprised necessarily, but it is a weird one. Okay. Um, and we may have to do a little uh, research here as well to see okay. if we can find any more information. But you're not even getting an error saying it's incorrect. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know why that would do that. Well, <laughs> I have no idea. I would try uh, with the pa- make sure the password is correct. So you can log in with your password uh, on, on the web main website. Yeah. Yeah. So then you know the password's got to be right. Or change it though. So right, on your ahead. username, it's your email address is your username, correct? That's correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Try it with, by removing the at and what's behind it uh-huh. with just the username. Okay. Just try that. If okay. that doesn't work, put it back. I okay. Mean, but hmm. um, sometimes that works all by itself. Right. So I'm just amazed that they couldn't tell you why their email system isn't working. And they just pretty much told you, Camille, we're sorry? Well, they just sort of, you know, didn't specify anything. I, I guess I could have escalated to a higher level tech. You may have to because this is bizarre. Okay. Um, try again the settings, change your email, um, redo the redo the account. Okay. Um, the, obviously, the web works, but you're not really logging in the same way when you're using the webmail. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. Well, I appreciate your assistance. Yeah, we haven't helped you much, but... Oh, I know, but it's, at least I can talk to somebody about this craziness. Yes, we, maybe, we, maybe we've made you, made you feel better. Sure have. <laughs> like IT counselors. Okay. <laughs> All right, thanks, Camille. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye. That's a weird one. Um, if, if, you're, if, you're, if your male host can't figure it out as to why their male product isn't working, there's not a whole lot us, us geeks over here can do. <laughs> so what I would do is, first of all, just delete that instead of trying to make the changes with the profile. I would delete the profile and start over. Yeah. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock, and the lines are all jammed up. Did a little more research on this Cox issue, and from what I can tell, they do have issues with their IMAP and email systems. Um, so Camille obviously could look at configuring her ports. You know, maybe as a port issue, but from some of the forums I'm seeing here, people would complain to even level two Cox support, and they wouldn't change anything. And then hours later, it starts working again. So, so we have a caller who thinks he might have some thoughts on this too. Hey, Gil, you work for Cox? Uh, no, I do not work for Cox. I'm a retiree, but. I have an iPhone 6 yeah. and iPad yeah. with the latest updates. Yep. I had real tr- I use Cox. Yeah. And I have Outlook on my PC at home. Mhm. But I tried to do the port settings recommended by Cox. Yep. They did not work. Oh boy. I went to Apple's website. Yeah. They had a set of recommended settings for my email address. Based on work. okay, yeah, I was going to say that Apple wouldn't be able to tell you that necessarily. So Go ahead. I went to the Apple Store. Uh huh. And I had a long wait, but a fellow helped me quite a bit. Yeah. We tried deleting the account on the device. Sure. Completely. Yeah. Re-entering the the settings. Email address. Yep. Re re-enter the the settings. Password. Yeah. Correct password. Yeah. And then just press enter. And that worked. It went out found its own ports or whatever, and yeah. it worked like a charm. And that was on your Apple device. That's on an Apple device. Yeah, she's got a Windows computer. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, we the agree. The settings on my PC, which is running Windows 7, yeah. ran fine. Yeah. I hear you, Gil. So in your case, it was an Apple problem. Um, it wasn't Cox's problem. It was your device's problem. You had to clear the account on your Apple device. Correct. And, and it was, for some reason, without clearing it, the device was incorrectly fully communicating with the email server. Correct. So in her case, she's already done that stuff on her Windows computer. But thank you for the call. I mean, it's, you know, it, the point is when you're troubleshooting this stuff, cleaning your account out completely, for whether it's an Android, an Apple, or Windows, is a good start um, because that way you can kind of figure out whether it's your device or them. Correct. In this case, I think it's the them. port settings that I ended up with on those devices entirely different than anybody had told me. Really? That yeah. shouldn't even work that way. Well, um, it did. <laughs> I hear you, Gil. All right. Thank you for the call. You got it. All right. See, with, as an IT guy, I hate to hear that because you can't fix anything if the ports are the different numbers. Well, it's not supposed to be a mystery. Go along with what he said. He's got it working. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Yeah. But by the same token, we were talking off air, and I said that my recommendation for the lady that called in would be for her to delete her profile and start over. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so we talked about earlier. So that, that's the way you got to do it. Let's go on to John in Wallingford. He's something about Frozen. Is this about the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Eric, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Hey, I um, 
I've got a, a desktop. Yep. Uh, it was Windows 7. I did the um, Windows 10 upgrade. All right. Just recently? Uh, no. Okay. This was, um, I'd say, uh, just before the free um, upgrade expired. Okay, yeah. Um, and doing updates on that has been nothing but a pain in the neck. Mm-hmm. But normally I can get them through. All right. The anniversary update... I, I just can't get it through. So right. I've tried multiple times. Yep. Um, the thing ends up getting to about 84% and it freezes. Right, up. right. And I've literally had to do an unplug to get um, normally. And then what it'll do is it'll attempt to recover the installation. Right. And then it'll just go and, and restore the previous version of Windows. Yep. What happened is I decided to let it run overnight. Uh-huh. And I came uh, the next morning. I had to do an unplug, and then it started <laughs> um, updating again, Ugh. and then it froze. Yeah. So went through the whole thing again, unplugged it, plugged it back in, and now I've got a um, – what happens is the thing, it's in a loop. Mm-hmm. It's just trying to reboot yep. um, over and over and over again, and I can't get it to stop. Yep. Um, sometimes the disk repair will come up, and that's what I was hoping for because yeah. – Every but, time, every time you pulled that plug, you crashed your machine. Every time. Okay. Yeah, I I knew I was. It was the only way to get out. I of hear it, you. Though. Well, the boys at Microsoft did you no favors by giving <laughs> you this free software. None, because they yeah. didn't check your hardware properly. There's something wrong or incompatible with your hardware. So your motherboard, your sound card, your network card, your your processor is video. not your video card is not quite Windows 10 compliant. Okay. And you've hit some sort of wall on this. And now because you've done what you've tried to do just to get your machine working again, because they, this is your, what you had to do, you probably scrambled the, the heck out of your operating system. How old is this computer, John? Uh, it's an older computer. Yeah. It's, like, it's a spare computer. I've had it since um, 2013, 14. It's a gateway. Okay. Well, it's not that old. Uh, but Try that. What I was going to say is before you give up on it, try rebooting it and hitting the F8 key. Right. To see if you can get into safe mode, if that's yeah, I possible. tried. I, it wasn't. I wasn't able to get in there. Okay, okay. so yeah. you're 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 definitely looking Stop. at a reload of your operating system. Yeah. Now, will it reload? I, I assume Windows Seven's gone. So whatever's in there is ten. It'll do a it'll do a reload with ten. Do you, well, do you have disks? No, no. <laughs> so no, you're not getting there either. So do you have disks for Windows Seven? Uh, no, I think it it. I think it came with the um, internal, mm-hmm. and, and I, I've done a. Um, actually, the last time I called you guys, I had to do a, a, a restart because I a factory reset. Yeah, because I tried to do driver multiple driver updates at one time, and you were like, <laughs> "Don't ever one at do a time. that again." One at a time. So this machine's been a problem for you since you've had it. Went- um, actually, just those two instances. It's run really well, and it was running really well up until yeah. You know, well, I was trying to get that update. Well, you're a very patient user because relative to most computer users, what you've experienced is not really well. A <laughs> <laughs> four-year-old system doing what it's doing is would make most people frustrated. So if you did a factory refresh, you're going to end up back at Windows 7. Okay. And that's – but – But it probably will work. No, because they – what Microsoft said is it, it took it out. You know, it gave you a chance to go back to Windows 7 for a period uh, That's true. They took out your operating system ability to recover. However, you should have a, a portion of your hard drive that has, still has the Windows 7 system recovery, recovery in there. Okay. The same thing you had done when you had done it earlier when you called us years ago. 
Yeah. So you you should be able to do that, and I bet you your your machine will run great under Windows Seven. I still run machines at home under Windows Seven because I know it's going to work. Yeah, I've a laptop. I have a laptop with Windows Seven, and still, well, it's slow as heck because it's really old. It's even older than the Gateway, but mm-hmm. I mean, it still runs. Yeah. So. I would go um, back to that if you want to do anything because okay. you're, you're, you've, the operating system is scrambled, doesn't know what to do. Okay. Um, and I wouldn't bother with Windows 10 again. And you didn't do a full system backup, did you? Um, no, not I. All the files are off. I run um, everything that I needed. It, again, it was just a spare computer, so right. I literally kept nothing on there. Okay, good. So yeah, give give it the system recovery. Do it. Give it just the update to Windows Seven. Stop there. Never load Windows Ten in this machine, and it could give you another two or three years worth of service if it's only four years old. Is it an i five at least? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No reason I can't give you two more years if it's only four years old. Okay, and what function keys do I have to hit for the full system recovery? You have to RTFM on that one, my friend. Um, each man, each computer will have a way to do the system recovery, so if, uh, you have to read the flipping manual is what RTFM means. Okay. Um, so when you go to Gateway's uh, site and model. Well, this is a gateway, yeah. Yeah. You have to go look up that model, and, and they, should be having, they should have instructions as to how to do that system recovery, because it's okay, different for each that's one. that's how I did it before, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then once you once you follow the instructions, if, if that partition's still there, which we th- I think it still is, okay. uh, I think Microsoft would be horrible to blow that away on you. Um, yeah, you never know. I know. Guys. Yeah, I know. You never know. I know. Um, but if it's if it's still there, just follow the instructions. Try okay. the F10 key. F10 okay. on boot up. Yeah. Uh, Alt and F10. Oh, Alt, Alt F10. F10. Okay. Yeah, I was just hitting function keys trying. I figured because a couple <laughs> of them took me to BIOS and yeah. things like that, but the F8 didn't, didn't do anything. Yeah, Alt F10 might be the way to get into the uh, system, rec- the ability to do the, the factory It, it may not work, but, you know, that's, okay. what hey. I, that's the first thing that came up here. Yeah. All yeah, right, John? Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Good luck. Thanks a lot. All bye right, bye. bye-bye. Those system loops that you find in the restores are common with machines that are not quite compatible, even though Microsoft thought they were when they were doing that favor and giving you that free software, or in some cases, forcing it down your throat um, with that update. The malicious, I would call it malicious update of Windows 10. They, they shouldn't ever have forced your machine to update without your permission. And they did that a lot. What? Yeah, they're still doing it. Mm, yeah, I know. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break, get back to more of your calls. Mark, Corey, Stefan, hang on. One line open for you, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk. One line open for you. Feel free to get online. 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. Did you see that SpaceX launch? Pretty cool. Nothing like chucking a $200,000 car up into space. Very cool. They had, Then they landed two of the boosters, which is awesome. And then the other one, the main one, had an unscheduled, what do they call it? It's an uh, a rapid unscheduled disassembly. In other words, blew up. But that's how SpaceX <laughs> describes them, a rapid, unscheduled disassembly. But very cool. They were successful in chucking it up there. They missed Mars a bit. They were supposed to have it get closer to Mars, um, but they missed it, and it's heading to the, uh, toward the asteroid belt. But hey. Well, there was early talk about sending the car to Mars, but yeah, yeah they didn't want it to end up uh, parked in pieces on the red planet. It would be kind of, it's kind it's, of you know you're you're literally chucking junk onto the well, onto a planet. It's you know, like it's a it's a red convertible, you know, and yeah, you wouldn't but it's not be able land to nice. see it on the red planet. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, it's like littering. It's like space littering. Chucking chucking something out your window, you know, you get fined for that. I mean, we can put up a <laughs> link to an article. Yeah, and it actually shows it 
kind of in orbit. It's yeah. supposed to orbit the sun, not the Earth, by the way. Oh, well, correct. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be. And they're going to monitor it. You're going to have something, like some Star Trek episode in the future is going to have the car come back as some sort of monster robot like they did with V'ger in Voyager 1, if you remember the original Star Trek. Imagine the Tesla coming back as some well, sort of monster. Here's, here's the thing. <laughs> I got, Star Trek movie. I've got this article, and they're showing this uh, video. Yeah. There's a video, mm-hmm. and it, it streaks by. I was watching it, but yeah. I noticed it, it doesn't say... It, it's 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 like it's got the uh, caption of the uh, title of the story, mm-hmm. but it says Testa Roadster in space. Oh, they misspelled it. Yeah. Oh, jeez. What is that? Who who wrote that article? This is a CNET, CNET article. Testa. Yeah, it's kind of surprised. Testa instead oh, of Tesla. That's funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. Awesome that it, it worked, and it was great to see those boosters come back down. I guess those little fins on the boosters are really expensive, so they were happy to recover those. All right, let's go back to your calls, and uh, let's go to Stefan in New Britain. What's going on, Stefan? Morning, gentlemen. Morning. What can we do for you, sir? Um, I installed a game on my laptop. All right. And I can't seem to uninstall it. Uh, when I hit uh, the uninstall mm-hmm. uh, little button there. Yeah, it won't do it? It, it's, it, it says the file name is install instead of uninstall so i just i don't understand and it's it's this game called panzers it's an old game and it it just when i hit uninstall the the file name says file name install and i can't get rid of it Hmm. well it probably runs an uninstall um, script within the install program i've seen that before particularly on the old stuff like when i click open Okay, it says install log file not found. Please verify correct file name was given. Yeah. So this is Panzer Corps, right? Or Corps? Uh, it says Panzers, codename Panzers, Commander's Edition. Hmm. Yeah, we do see, uh, I see a similar thing that um, Bob's found on the internets here as far as what you got to do to get rid of Panzer Corps. Uh, hmm. They obviously didn't do a good job writing the uninstall portion of this for you. No, they, I guess they want you to keep this. <laughs> if you go to Add Remove Programs and do it within that, um, rather than within the app itself, can you go to Add Remove Programs from within Windows, and do you see it listed? Uh, you... I, I was trying to do that before, and mm-hmm. it, it it just didn't seem to want to do that. Um, okay. There are ways to do it, uh, if this is the, the correct way to do it. Um, oh, Wow. However, this could be a little malicious as well because I just clicked on a on the recommended method, quick way to uninstall this program, and it downloaded an exe. So be careful. Well, there are a lot of programs out there that you know you can't uninstall it. You have to go to the site to get the uninstall program to get rid of it. And that's what my guess is on this is. Do you know Do you know who manufactured this software or produced this software? Yes, Storm Region. Storm Region. Uh, yeah, it says. Uh, Powered by Gephard, uh, Blink Video, Miles, Storm Region. So you could go to their website. I have a link here that's uninstallhelp.com, uninstall helps. Mm-hmm. And it gives you how to do it manually. Okay. Actually, there's several processes, so you can kind of take your pick. Well, I'd rather not post this, Stefan, because it's only going to be spe- so specific to you. If you email us at gethelp at tabinc.com, we'll email you back this information for you, okay, this link. Okay, tab. 
gethelp at tabinc.com. If you email us today, this morning, Bob will yeah. t- turn around and email you this link that talks about how to manually uninstall this this program for you. I appreciate I'm, I'm putting a, um, <clears throat> a music uh, workstation on there, a digital audio workstation, and it says get rid of all your games and Hmm. Uh, and all that other stuff. So. Well, uh, so that's a little draconian too of that software. Just because a game is on there doesn't mean it's going to cause any issue. So if you like this game, there's no reason you you can't keep it on there. That's a silly request by the software manufacturer of the of their audio recording software. It makes no sense to me. I'm not, I'm not really crazy about the game either. Okay. it's like a 1990s kind of. What's wrong with the 90s? Nothing. Okay, Nothing. come on. Just, uh, something I really care for. That's about when the internet was invented, man. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, so we'll put that link out there. We'll send it to you directly because that doesn't really p- pertain to many people as far as this is so specific to you. Bank.com. I'll, I'll do that right away. Sounds good, Stefan. Okay, thank you, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. The key about loading software, be careful these days, especially when you download it from sites that offer you know, games. Number one, I'll tell you right now, I'm not a PC gamer. And I know the reason I'm not. I'm a gamer in general, but not a PC gamer because I just don't want to have to keep massaging and ma- and and making sure everything's in good balance and making sure my video driver is going to work for this specific Steam game. It's it's a very – you have to really want to be a geek. And I, I contend that I am a geek, but I don't have enough time to mess around with making sure my computer is going to run perfectly for this game. And then the next game I load eh, – I broke something, the game I was playing. Yeah, that's Cons- the problem with downloading games. Yeah, the console games too- always work. Xbox, PlayStation, they're designed to work. So if you, will, if you want to waste your time on the game itself, which is what if I'm going to play a game, that's what I want to do, I just stick the, 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 the CD in there and it works. So what were you going to say, Bob? Well, I was going to say that um, if you're downloading a software that you're getting for free, a game that's free, mm-hmm. okay? Be wary. Now, what incentive do they have to fix your problems, if you know if, zero, if, if yeah. it crashes your machine, right, zero, you're you're screwed. And if you didn't run a restore point, you're, in big you're not going to go trouble. back. And if you just did it for a game, and now your machine can't do any production of any kind of other things, what a what well, a if what they're a waste. selling you the game, mm. they they have an incentive to make sure that it works. Yeah, yeah. And if it doesn't work, yep, then they've got to support you. Sort of, yeah. Or give you your money back. They'd like you to. They like that to be the case. So I'd recommend sticking with console games. Um, I know there's plenty of purist PC gamers out there, and you guys do have some abilities to do things quicker than us on the consoles. Uh, but I just wouldn't recommend it. It's just me. It's just me. I want to give you a quick story before we go to the top of the hour break here. I, I meet a lot of business owners in my travels, and I met a, an amazing business owner who had a very serious sight impairment, and his brother is completely blind. And this person is running a company, and he's a machinist. And he's literally making precision parts here in Connecticut. And his his sight is extremely affected. His brother's blind, doing the same thing, using micrometers that will talk to you. It's the most inspiring thing I've seen in a long time. I meet a lot of business owners. Business owners have it hard enough as entrepreneurs working in Connecticut, all the regulations, having employees, taking all that risk to become a business owner. To top it off with being a successful business owner and having that impairment was extremely inspiring. So I, I wanted to tell you guys about it because the moment you feel you can't get something done or something's in your way, think about this guy. Uh, I'm not going to give you his name because I'm going to keep thinking about him because he's doing it 
right? He's doing it with that impairment, and he's doing precision machining. I don't want to stand around these machines, and I got full sight. These things are whirling and spinning. You know, with my luck, I'd lose a finger instantly. This guy's been doing it for a long time, and his brother's completely blind doing it for a long time. Precision machining. So if you think you can't do something, (laughs) if you think you can't, think about this guy who is doing something with that impairment and running a business, taking all the risk, employing people. You know, it's an amazing thing. And I just want to make sure I I brought that up today because it's inspiring to me. I probably didn't do it justice, but I hope I did. The moment you think about why you can't do something, think about this guy. He's doing it. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 